Captain Joe woke up wrapped so tightly in a thick blanket that he could not move. He was in a small tent, lit by a campfire just outside. The captain was alone. Since he could not move, he called out to his crew, Panto! Mr. Bones! There was no answer. Panto! Mr. Bones! Piper? Anyone! A very old-looking man appeared. Finally, started the old man. The sleepy one is awake. He smiled wide and long. Who are you? Captain Joe demanded. Where is my crew? What have you done with my ship? The old man held out his hands to slow down Captain Joe's speech. Captain Joe waited for an answer, but the old man said nothing. He, too, appeared to be waiting for Captain Joe to say something. "'Are you going to answer me?' Captain Joe asked. "'Of course,' the old man replied. "'To which question would the sleepy one like an answer?' "'All of them,' Captain Joe declared. The old man shook his head. "'The sleepy one must choose one question to ask. Then he must answer one question.' Captain Joe was feeling frustrated. He appraised the importance of each of his questions and decided that the fate of his ship mattered most to him. Where is my ship? The old man was happy to answer. The Sleepy One's ship is safe. I managed to dock it in the bay here on my island. Now, the Sleepy One must answer a question. Who are you? My name is Captain Joe, Captain Joe replied. The old man shook his head. No, I did not ask you for your name. I asked who you are. Captain Joe was confused. I don't know how to answer that question. The old man shook his head again. Captain Joe does not know who he is. That is a problem for us all. Okay, smart guy. Captain Joe challenged the old man. Then who are you? The old man smiled. I am very glad you asked. I am the keeper of the far north, the steward of the Isle of Roby, the narrator of the pirate history, the pathfinder of the merfolk, and my name is Oldman. Captain Joe's face lit up. Did you say you are the pathfinder of the merfolk? Oldman corrected Captain Joe. No, I said, I am the keeper of the far north, the steward of the Isle of Roby, the narrator of the pirate history, the pathfinder of the merfolk, and my name is Oldman. Captain Joe rolled his eyes. Right, all that is great. I am searching for the last mermaid. Oldman smiled. Then why did Captain Joe not offer that information when Captain Joe was asked, Who are you? Captain Joe rolled his eyes again. Can you take me to the last mermaid? Oldman smiled again. Ah, another question. But Captain Joe still has another question pending an answer. Captain Joe pondered for a moment. Oh, where's my crew? Oldman's smile grew into a joyful grin. That is the right question. 
Captain Joe will need his crew to move forward on his journey. Oldman grabbed the blanket that wrapped Captain Joe near where his feet should have been and dragged him out of the tent toward the fire. Outside the tent, Captain Joe saw Panto crouched by the campfire warming himself. Panto was also wincing and trembling with fear. Captain Joe noticed that Panto was afraid. Panto, what are you afraid of? Did old men threaten you? Panto shook his head. No, I'm just terrified of fire, but too cold to move away from it. Captain Joe acknowledged that he should have known Panto was afraid of fire. He then realized that Mr. Bones was missing. Where is Mr. Bones? Oldman pointed up and to Captain Joe's left. Captain Joe followed Oldman's finger and saw the crow's nest at the top of the decade bird's mast. There was Mr. Bones, exactly where he always was. Captain Joe's eyes followed the mast down to the deck and saw the decade bird was in bad shape but could be salvaged. My baby's going to make it, Captain Joe cried. Panto interrupted in confusion. Does it bother Mr. Bones when you call him baby? Captain Joe rolled his eyes again. Not him. He turned his attention to Oldman. Free me from this blanket so I can fix my ship. Oldman nodded. I will set Captain Joe free, but Captain Joe will need the Isle of Roby's special wood to repair the ship, and that is in the possession of Mr. Matthew McTitian in the island's interior. He will not give it to Captain Joe unless Mr. Matthew is defeated in battle. Captain Joe nodded. Fine, I will defeat him in battle. I will do anything for the decade bird. Oldman presented a beautiful cutlass made of solid bronze. You will need this. Thank you, said Captain Joe. Oldman used the cutlass to cut the blanket off of Captain Joe. Captain Joe stood up and grabbed the cutlass. Then he turned to Panto and said, let's get moving. Then, Captain Joe noticed that Panto's eyes were covered by his hands. Captain Joe tried to comfort Panto. Come on, there is nothing to be afraid of. I can beat Mr. Matthew McTitian or whoever he is. Panto shook his head. It's not that. Then, keeping his eyes covered by his left hand, Panto pointed in Captain Joe's direction with his right hand. Captain Joe looked down and suddenly became very cold. He looked back to Oldman. Oldman, may I have my clothes, please? Fully clothed and wearing heavy coats as well, Captain Joe and Panto approached the interior of the Isle of Roby on foot. They reached a tree line that was covered in thick brush. How are we supposed to get through this? Panto asked, discouraged. Captain Joe raised the bronze cutlass and shrugged his shoulders. Then he started cutting through the brush. When he had cut a small pathway, he and Panto pushed through to the other side of the tree line. They immediately encountered a huge man in the interior. Panto stared at the giant. Have I mentioned that I have a terrible fear of giants? You didn't need to, replied Captain Joe. Then he turned his attention to the huge man ahead, who had taken notice of his visitors. Hello, sir, Captain Joe started. 
please tell me you are not Mr. Matthew McTitian. The giant rolled his eyes. I am not Mr. Matthew McTitian. Captain Joe sighed in relief. The giant continued, That is just what Oldman calls me, because his hearing is not so great. My name is Mr. Mathematician. Captain Joe's relief immediately dissipated. So we do have to defeat you in battle to take the wood of the Isle of Roby. Mr. Mathematician nodded. Oh, and if you were to defeat me, a powerful prize you would gain. The wood of the Isle of Roby is extraordinarily strong and light. A ship reinforced with my lumber would be among the fastest and most durable ships to ever sail the great sea. Captain Joe raised the bronze cutlass and said, Okay then, we challenge you to battle for the wood of the Isle of Roby. Panto cleared his throat and asked, <coughs> We? Captain Joe tried to assure Panto that it would be okay, but he was not sure himself. I can't beat him alone. Before Panto could argue back, Mr. Mathematician shouted loud and deep, Very well, let the battle begin! Captain Joe moved in quickly and swung the cutlass with all of his strength directly into the gut of Mr. Mathematician. But the blade bounced back in Captain Joe's face, and Mr. Mathematician never even noticed he'd been struck. Mr. Mathematician continued talking. The first question. If I have 75 ships, each crewed by four men, and you have 150 ships, each crewed by six men, how many men do I have? Captain Joe stood dumbfounded. What? Panto answered, 300. He was clearly excited. All fear had left him. That is correct, shouted Mr. Mathematician. Captain Joe stared back and forth at Panto and Mr. Mathematician. He was still confused. Mr. Mathematician continued again. The second question. If a ship leaves our island at two o'clock and travels an average speed of 12 knots, and reaches its destination at four o'clock, how fast would a ship that leaves our island at three o'clock have to travel to meet the ship at four o'clock? Without missing a beat, Panto shouted, Twenty-four knots! Right again! shouted Mr. Mathematician. The third and final question. If a ship carrying 250 passengers collides with a ship carrying 350 passengers, and both ships sink, and a rescue ship can pick up 100 passengers at a time. How many trips would one rescue ship need to make in order to rescue all the passengers? Again, with no delay, Panto shouted the answer, Six! That is 100% correct! Mr. Mathematician shouted with more excitement than ever. You have defeated Mr. Mathematician's math battle! Captain Joe looked at Panto with inquisitive eyes. Panto responded, What? I told you I'm good with numbers. Captain Joe gave the same inquisitive look to Mr. Mathematician. Mr. Mathematician shrugged. Why do you think they call me Mr. Mathematician? 
he picked up several large logs from the ground and carried them back toward the beach. As Captain Joe, Panto, and Oldman finished hammering the last planks of wood onto the hull of the decade bird, Mr. Mathematician lifted the entire ship over his head, crew and all, and placed it gently into the middle of the bay, where it floated nicely. In its repaired shape, the decade bird was truly something to behold. Not something pretty to behold, but something. Captain Joe imagined getting his faster and more durable ship out into open water for another adventure. Then he remembered what Oldman had said about the merfolk. Captain Joe looked at Oldman and asked, Can you take me to the last mermaid now? Based on Oldman's facial expression, it appeared that he did not hear or acknowledge the question. He stated, I need you to take me somewhere far from here. The far south. Captain Joe conceded, We can do that. We certainly owe you that much. He turned his attention to Panto. Panto, shall I drop you off on our island along the way? Panto clearly had been shivering with fear at the idea of an extended trip at sea and was relieved to hear the offer. Please do, 